whom. This evening's talk is called Wise Love. Um, So, before I launch into that one, Um, I'd just like to express a sense of real kind of joy and and gratitude in being gathered here, us being gathered here in this hall this evening. Mm. Really lovely to be joined by some of the larger community of Gaia House and them out there too. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> yeah, just a real sense of uh, appreciation for this place and for uh, the, the kind of caring and love that is so present here, I feel. (laughs) Maybe sometimes it doesn't feel so much like that, but I think it's still here. (laughs) But then I think part of what this talk is about is, is perhaps a bit of a reflection on... No, how do we how do we see the world? How do we see ourselves? No, how do we see each other? And can can we learn to look with love? No. I know for me this feels like one of the, those sort of six million dollar questions in, in the meditation and dharma practice. It's probably a lot more money than that now. That's so old fashioned somehow saying that sounds like a lot of money 50 years ago or something. Maybe it's still a lot of money. But yeah, the sense that that's part of our longing perhaps, of our uh, longing for a life of love no where we can actually feel loved offer and give love and for that to be um, okay <laughs> for that to be able for us to be able to open to that and for us still within that to be able to feel our ground, you know, feel our presence, um, feel a sense of contact with you know, things as they are. We're not sucked up into some kind of delusion with that, which of course we sometimes are. And so I guess that's another part of what this reflection is is how we um, you know how how we uh, misunderstand what what love is or what we 
what we look for in that um, or, or how we um, call things love that are, that are not that. <clears throat> so um, I, I invite you to can with, listen with the ears of love with <laughs> you in terms of the you know the reflections are always aren't they 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 we listen and that sense of listening with the heart so we can hear and receive in the in the words or through the words or from the words we can actually receive resonate kind of what we need to hear I think that's one of the amazing things of this sort of alchemy, or again, the sort of codependent arising of a talk, isn't it? We're, we're kind of through this this listening and talking and offering and reflection. It's it's like each person receives or a different talk in a way, and and it's it has this kind of living quality, doesn't it? When we listen in that sense with our whole body, with our whole being, and we're not just listening from that that bit here that's kind of you know agreeing or disagreeing or whatever you know which is sort of part of it but it's sort of a much larger listening isn't it where we can actually almost like the words that I might be saying are are, are just um hopefully sometimes that they 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 actually just point us back to our own heart and our own wisdom you know, and our own kind of, oh, our own knowing. So in relation to how we are right now or to this theme, you know, so. And I, I know it's like in talking, trying to listen in that way as well, listen for sort of the life um, in, in what, uh, in, in the theme. So um, I'd like to use the <clears throat> the Buddha's teaching of the four Brahma Viharas to kind of guide this reflection, kind of hold this inquiry. These this great teaching of the Buddha of these four qualities we might say of wise love that I think are together are kind of I mean each one could, we could spend at least a week. You spend a lifetime on each one. But for this evening, I wanted to kind of open up all four of them and, and invite you to see how they relate to each other and that in a sense that maybe what the loving heart sort of is, is a kind of a wise responsiveness. I know. That the, the, a wise loving is a kind of... Um, empathic sensitivity which which can can touch and be touched by our own experience by by the presence of another um, and be uh, be brought into life in a, in a way which is actually helpful you know which is which is actually relevant which is actually appropriate so 
these great um, Brahma Viharas, these divine uh, abodes, heavenly abidings of the heart, which are, and I'll, I'll say a little bit about them, you know, all together, and then what I'd like to do is then go through each of them and just spend some time kind of connecting with each one and having a sense of how they relate to each other and balance each other. Because again, I mean, look in many of the lists of the Buddha, there is this sense of of, of the need for balance, that one quality, you know, just mindfulness. No, we need, we need the other seven factors of the path. Or, you know, the image I was talking about this morning of sila samadhi panya, sila samadhi panya, and the three pillars of a great bridge across the river of samsara, Sila Samadhi Panya, you know, morality, meditation and wisdom, this great practice that is for our, our liberation. So many ways that we actually are called to be sensitive and not to get fixed on an idea. I mean, this is, I think, one of the great parts. Any inquiry into any theme, but particularly maybe something like kindness and love, it's like all these images we might have about what that looks like, you know. Oh, and I'm being a kind person, or no, I can never be a kind person because I feel, you know, I have all these angry thoughts, or, you know, saintly people, they're the, you know, the loving, kind ones. And all this, much, much baggage, perhaps. And I think this sense to me of a kind of a wise Love is based in a, a, a sensitivity which is about an awareness of, of what's happening here and now, isn't it? it it's, it's, it's all of our practice and mindfulness and awareness and trying to really open up and strengthen our capacity to be present to, you know, to, 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 to what's happening, whether it's lovely, whether it's difficult, whether it's somewhere in between. So that that natural capacity that we, you know, I've been saying already, it's like there is a kind of innate concern, a kind of um, concern for life that can, can, we can feel it coming forth through the practice of mindfulness. I say again, this is just something to, to sort of look into and what gets in the way of that and, and and one of the things that gets in the way of that again are our images and expectations and what would it be to be kind with you know, with fear with the anger of another person you know or with hatred coming up out of our own mind you know and 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 one of the characteristics of these divine abidings of the heart is their potential capacity to touch everything, to heal everything. That, that there, there, there's a potential there for the heart in those qualities to really be uh, liberated from finding any obstruction to love anywhere. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and not to set that up as some kind of ideal or image, but as, a, as somehow as beautiful kind of possibility, something to aspire to as we, you know, as we 
kind of sometimes aren't we caught in the murk of our own minds and, and lives? So I want to name them. I haven't named them yet. I'm sure lots of you probably already know the names of these wonderful heavenly qualities. Metta in the Pali. (coughs) (coughs) How am I doing? Am I speaking loud enough? Am I right? No, should be up a bit. Okay, thank you. Sorry. One of my, one of my, yeah, a bit closer. Sorry. Um, one of my. Uh, learning learning things for this retreat is to try and speak more loudly and not feel like I'm shouting. Am I shouting now? No. no. <laughs> thank you. I'd like to ask that before. Thank you very much. Oh. So let the let the Brahma Viharas be louder. Right. So metta, M-E-T-T-A, um, often translated as loving kindness, is often this primary... Um, Quality of heart, quality, natural quality. This is so important that really we get the sense of, of this, these qualities of heart as being something very, very <clears throat> natural and kind of just part of the human kind of potential, capacity. And to really notice that. But then also we're invited to, in different ways, be able to enhance that, encourage that, notice that. This, this many, many multifaceted sense of, again, basic friendliness or warmth or um, um, interest in the well-being of. And that this can manifest as um, an intention, just a simple thought, as um, action, as speech, and that it doesn't necessarily have to be a feeling. And I think this is really crucial with all of these Brahma Viharas, that as meditations, they can um, be cultivated to bring out very beautiful, blissful states of mind. But actually, in our life, I feel like they're, they're more um, something that can be connected to as a kind of uh, ability or attitude. Yeah. So we can practice having that as a basic attitude or like, can we, again, look, look upon experience, you know, look upon what's happening for us right now whether we feel great, whether we feel okay, whatever we feel. Can we, what would it be to actually have an attitude of friendliness towards ourselves? And um, Pema Chodron said, I think, it's, so she said, Maitri, which is the Sanskrit version of metta, is unconditional friendship with ourselves. Wow, yeah, it's the possibility of that. And what, what difference does that make to our life and to the life of all of those around us? You know, when we can actually have that sense of, of friendship with ourselves or of, of, of even the willingness to, to explore what it might be to make friends with this 
you know, without having a fixed idea about who I am, but just more that sense of meeting, meeting experience with friendliness. And really the devastation, I, I think, when we don't. And maybe I certainly know that place, and, and maybe you all do, when we can be so incredibly harsh with ourselves. It's just, you know, I mean, that the harshness is, is so, um, it, it's so, uh, yeah, and th- th- this, this quality of, of, of rejection, perhaps, that we would never ever meet on another person, perhaps. And, and just to, I think, sometimes to be able to acknowledge that in itself can be very difficult. And I think, you know, for, for many of us, that, that shift and that learning about a friendship with ourselves can be, can be a long journey. But it's also very something, a, po- a shift, I think, that, that we can make in any moment. So metta is obviously this this quality that is um, about a mind that is um, able to uh, meet the lovely and the difficult and meet meet it with um, in a way openness you know without the, the judgment and the closing down and the conclusions and the what this means about um, going on. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to read you something that um, that Thomas Merton wrote, which uh, is, I think, one of the things that helped me begin to even think the possibility of bringing kindness to the the very difficult moments of, of life. And he said, True love and prayer are learned in the hour when love becomes impossible and the heart has turned to stone. So, Maybe it's not always that, in a way, that that extreme, but it's sensing the the potential and the possibility there. So the second quality, karuna, compassion is sometimes described as what happens when this friendliness, this well-wishing, this, this warmth, meets suffering. So this, maybe we could say, is, is the love that can bear with the difficult, can see, can, can come close, can... Um, bear with and not be overwhelmed, but can can feel with another, can feel with our own difficulty, but without being overwhelmed. And 
this um, quality of compassion, again, is said to be kind of innate. It's, it's again, a natural, a natural capacity that we have. But gosh, there's a lot that covers it over, isn't there? I mean, the, again, what is it that gets in the way of that? And maybe part of, of cultivating and tuning into this, this capacity for, for love is so much about looking at also what, what gets in the way. You know, what, what stops us, um, what, where we begin to sort of shut down um, and, and divide off, you know, and, and so much it's fear that's operating there. So, again, important maybe to feel that in, in cultivating or in, in, in tuning into this capacity for compassion that we, that we don't push ourselves, we don't require ourselves to feel and to, to, to do what we can't, but that we appreciate maybe the, the capacity that we have that is so much more sometimes than we think. And that sometimes it's just as simple as feeling a, feeling our body on the ground, feeling that contact, opening our opening our, our mind to a bigger perspective, having another person with us who can give that caring, can show us that caring that kind of touches our own heart and opens us to our own uh, compassion. So knowing sometimes there's that need for um, support, for community, for, for uh, others to help us to connect with that quality. Um, I want to read you something I, <clears throat> I love that Pema Chodron said about um, compassion and this journey of practice she said the journey of awakening is one of continually coming up against big challenges and then learning how to soften and open you soften and feel compassion for your predicament and for the whole human condition So that to me points to part of what the, the wisdom, the wise, the wise loving in these Brahma Viharas is that the whole distinction of me and you begins to um, fade somehow in the, in the power of that. That it's just the suffering and there's just the response and it's not so much about who it is and whether it's here or there. It's just something that's present that we are uh, opening to. And when we can sense that in ourselves and with others, there can be an opening to sense of, of non-separateness, of, of um, 
of belonging even, and, and even a kind of joy. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it's a kind of a joy of connection, of um, being, being together, being uh, yeah, it's the paradox, isn't it, of being alone and yet not alone. But um, I don't know if it was Martine Bachelor, but I've heard her quote, you know, this that suffering is pain plus isolation. And so that the compassion can, when we, when we bring that, it, it, it's healing that sense of isolation so that we can, uh, we can be with the pain and it's, and it's different because of that. So, um, One of the, 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 the ways, I, I, again, I wanted to kind of point up is the way that these qualities balance each other and how we kind of need all four of them in our life. And maybe as we listen to them, we can hear maybe some of them we're more familiar with and some we're not so much, but how they need and, and balance each other. And so the, the third one is mudita, M-U-D-I-T-A, mudita, um, joy, appreciation, appreciative joy, sympathetic joy. And this is love that can actually <sighs> celebrate. And it's, it, it's so easy, that sensitivity that can be tuned to what is well and what is lovely and the goodness of others and the goodness of ourself. And all that can be appreciated, all that can be enjoyed, all that can be, um, all that we can feel grateful for. And the skill and the, the, uh, the wisdom of being able to, you know, um, consciously tune to that in our, in our life. And again, with all of these, you can hear, it's like being able, they rise naturally we can also turn to them. Um, Mudita is, is said kind of logically to be an antidote for envy, or, which makes sense, doesn't it? This sense of, oh, but they've got. And then you, you turn it, you turn it around, and you, oh, how lovely. <laughs> how lovely that's in the world. That's in the world. I'm so happy. And, and, and even if you don't feel happy, there's a very... It's again, it's the way that these Brahma Viharas begin to break down the ignorance and the separation, the sense of me and them and I haven't got and they have. It's more like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that that happiness is in the world, (laughs) you know, because it's good for me, it's good for everyone. And actually you begin to realize that when you pick up on that, another person's happiness, you're feeling the happiness. So, oh, (laughs) enlightened self-interest. So, so again, the, the Brahmaviras have this amazing kind of, again, there's a kind of, to me, there's a kind of alchemy that can happen where you, you, can, you can bring you close, like the, 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 the metta, when you bring it towards aversion, you bring it towards ill will, and how it, it, it's, it's, it just starts to shift your, 
your perception, the person you were so angry with, it's not that they're just completely angelic now, but seen through the filter, if you like, of meta, they're just this kind of, you know, lumpy human being with really jaggedy bits and, you know, quite like me, really. And it, it's like it's harder to, to really wall someone off and say, you know, you're over there and you're really awful, you know, and I'm over here and I'm okay. You just, you just can't do it anymore. And in a way, you don't need to either because the meta towards ourself is healing our sense of division and our fragmentation. So we can begin to feel that sense of love and care for ourselves as we are lumpy, jagged, nice, horrible, okay. Working on it. <laughs> Working with that. Work in progress. To, to me, this is so... It's so important because otherwise we can get so hung up, can't we? We can just, oh well, it's too late. You know, it's, 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 it's our way of seeing things, our way of seeing other people. And maybe you've seen this in yourself, the way that somebody you've seen for years in a certain way and just something happens and oof, you just see them in a new light. And it, 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 it can happen gradually, or it can happen quite suddenly. So mudita, this quality of, of, of joy. I remember a story from Thich Nhat Hanh that he told, um, I hope this is sort of accurate, in his work in, in the war, in the war area with the monks, and they would walk out, um, I guess it must have been Vietnam, I hope I'm remembering correctly, and it was just... I mean, you know, hell. I can't even begin to imagine how hellish that was. And they would try to serve and help and they would try to be a presence and, and, a, and a witness for peace and so on. And I think that there was one part where he would tell her, he would tell the monster to go out at night and look up at the stars. And if you know anyone else knows this story, go and look at the stars. And so that, that, that again, that, that to, oh, you know, to find some nourishment of heart, to take joy in the creation, to, um, to open up beyond this hellish situation. And I think all of us can sometimes feel ourselves to be in a hellish situation. And there's always this possibility somehow of, of stepping back. Of, of gaining another perspective. So the fourth Brahma Vihara, Upeka, equanimity, sometimes um, maybe it's needed because the, the sense of steadiness, the sense of being able to... Um, bring um, uh, a kind of um, coolness, maybe, to our caring. So it's the kind of love that can let go. So can you hear these different qualities of love? And they all need, somehow we need them all. 
if we do, if we have the love that that cares and, and we only have that we can be overwhelmed we need the love that can celebrate the love that can let go and equanimity is not indifference it's it's it's, it's said to be the near enemy of equanimity that, that kind of oh well it's not my business or we feel somehow removed or a bit numb something like that um, Bhikkhu Bodhi described equanimity as a balanced reaction to joy and misery, which protects one from emotional agitation. So maybe we all sense or we know that, that possibility of having a balanced reaction to joy and misery. That we're not denying, you know, we're not denying the fullness of our human experience and the sometimes really, you know, strong emotions and reactivities. But there is this um, possibility of meeting that in a way where we are not thrown, where we are not swept away. And again, that uh, image of the pillar in the river that we're kind of. Uh, nurturing, cultivating as we as we practice meditation to help us to have that that steadiness. So there is a kind of a simplicity to um, the Brahma Viharas. So the simplicity to me is the possibility in any moment of uh, of actually tuning to sense of friendliness sense of care sense of of appreciation that that these these qualities these attitudes are just uh always present as a as a possibility and we can we can learn in our life to maybe uh, practice these, practice with one of them or all of them, um, and let them really become maybe our, you know, our default modes. I mean, which it's like feels like there's always one of them is going to be relevant or needed or helpful. It's like any almost any moment. Like Reb Anderson said, a loving attitude can be stable. A state of mind cannot. So to me that's this is the aspiration. That's really possible that to 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 uh, have a or connect with a loving attitude in any circumstance. So I hope uh, this has been of some <laughs> Some benefit, a bit of a, bit of a, a brief touching on some really uh, these very great and deep qualities of heart that can really bring huge amount of healing and support and strength, and um, for that to be uh, something that we can really offer to ourselves and and offer to our relationships as well 
know, to really bring bring those qualities very consciously to the way that we are with others. So, um, hmm. I think I'll. <clears throat> I'd like to um, just finish with um, uh, a poem by Mary Oliver called In Blackwater Woods. Look, the trees are turning their own bodies into pillars of light, are giving off the rich fragrance of cinnamon and fulfillment. The long tapers of cattails are bursting and floating away over the blue shoulders of the ponds, and every pond, no matter what its name is, is nameless now. Every year, everything I have ever learned in my lifetime leads back to this. The fires and the black river of loss, whose other side is salvation, whose meaning none of us will ever know, To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal. To hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. So let's just take a couple of minutes sitting quietly together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.